I learned something incredibly valuable from one of my chaplain mentors when I was in seminary. Dottie was the chaplain assigned to the Cancer Care Center at Porter Hospital here in Denver. I learned so much doing rounds with her. We would walk into a room, check in with the patient, and make sure that now was an okay time. And if they wanted prayer, she took their hand, looked them in the eye, and asked, what should we talk to God about? She taught me that I should never assume what people want or need to pray about. And she showed me that most people are afraid to pray or they think their words are somehow inadequate. Those patients' responses to her question, they didn't even realize they were prayers themselves. And they were some of the most eloquent and heartfelt prayers I have ever had the privilege to hear. I follow Dottie's example every time I pray with one of you. I know better than to assume what you want or need. Many of you want to pray that your families won't worry. Some of you want to pray for the mending of a strained relationship. One parishioner asked to pray that her students would do well while she was out recovering from an operation. I find that people usually want to pray for others, even as they themselves are in a hospital bed or about to head into surgery. Incredible. What should we talk to God about? In Matthew 6, when Jesus taught his disciples to pray, he began by saying, your father knows what you need even before you ask him. A not uncommon and not unreasonable follow-up question often in catechumenate classes is, if God already knows our needs, what is the point of praying? But Jesus didn't stop there. He followed that statement with the words of the Lord's Prayer. Even though God knows, Jesus wanted his disciples to pray. So if God already knows, there must be more to this prayer thing. What does it mean to God? What does it mean to us? And what does it mean to our community to offer up prayer on behalf of others? John's Gospel doesn't share this specific Lord's Prayer text found in Matthew and Luke. Instead, today we see Jesus modeling a slightly different kind of prayer, the kind of prayer we practice almost every week in our liturgy, the kind of prayer that is the cornerstone of Daughters of the King, the kind of prayer so many of you ask for in hospital, prayer for others, intercessory prayer. We pray for a wide variety of reasons, and all of them, all of them, bring us closer to God. 
And in coming closer to God, we inevitably become closer to each other. Hebrews proclaims that Jesus lived to intercede for us. And Paul assures us in Romans 8 that the Spirit intercedes for us even when we cannot find the words to pray with sighs too deep for words. Prayer changes us. And when we are changed, our relationships change. And ultimately, our whole community changes. Our prayer on behalf of others draws us in together in the communion of saints. Intercessory prayer is the acceptance of an invitation into the work that God is doing on behalf of God's people. Our prayer for others is a direct acknowledgement that we share in the life of Christ. As intercessions change us, they truly do change our community. I've shared before a quote from Diedrich Bonhoeffer that haunts me. It's a caution in his book, Life Together. A community that does not pray for each other cannot, in fact, survive. Intercessory prayer creates a space in which we become more compassionate including prayer for the forgiveness of others as we ourselves have been forgiven, by opening our hearts to the pain and suffering of others, we embody a more profound empathy for others. We are invited to participate in the reconciling and healing work of Jesus. We're not simply saying names on a list. We are praying for the smiles, the tears, the pain, and the personalities of those who share life with us, not just names on a list. In praying as Jesus prays, we are aligning ourselves with him and his love for all people. That is nothing less than community transforming action and community bonding action. It is one of the primary ways we have managed to stay so intimately connected over this year apart. My friends, we do not have our life in an absent God the watchmaker God of the deists who wound up the world and let it go. We find life in an active, loving, interested, faithful God who with Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit invites us into the holy work of prayer for one another and for the world. In this text today, on this final Sunday before Pentecost, we encounter Jesus praying for his disciples on the evening before his crucifixion. He is facing unimaginable 
pain, and suffering. And yet, his prayer is for others. Reminding me of that usual response to the question, what should we talk to God about? We listen in on Jesus' words as he prays to God on behalf of those who will be left behind. Jesus doesn't pray that everything will be easy and peaceful, but that God will be with them, protect them from evil, and give them truth. I honestly wish that we were given just a tiny bit more in today's lectionary text, because the very next line, verse 20, is truly incredible. I ask not only on behalf of these, but also on behalf of those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one. Jesus here prays for all who are left behind when he leaves and all who are to follow. My friends, Jesus is praying for us. Long ago, on the night before he was to be crucified, Jesus prayed for you and for me in praying for those believers yet to come. And knowing that, I ask as my chaplain mentor Dottie does, what should we talk to God about? I'm delighted to be saying for the last time, be well, my friends. I miss you.